Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Round Ball Stew. It's Wednesday, June 29th. I am your host, Steve Alexander, filling in for Matthew Straub, who is on vacation somewhere in an undisclosed location. Uh, I am displaced. I am at my son's house. That's why I have this beautiful Florida green wall behind me. Some might argue that it looks better than my mother's attic. Actually, it's my attic, but... Joining me today, I've got Brad Stonebreaker and I've got Noah Rubin. We're going to talk hoops. There's lots going on right now with free agency. How are you guys doing? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It's all Can't good. <laughs> yeah. Enjoying enjoying the off season. Waiting for some big moves to happen. Yeah. Well, what is it? Tomorrow, Thursday at 6 o'clock, it all kicks off, right? I believe so. We've already had some big Jalen Brunson news. We... Yeah, I know you guys know that I'm a, a highly, extremely organized person. I have this had this agenda all planned out last night, and then of course, the big trade happened this morning. Woj and Shams and everybody was was busting it. The, the Nuggets have traded Will Barton and Monty Morris to the Wizards for Contavious Caldwell Pope and Ish Smith. So. Brad, any initial thoughts on that trade? I guess I guess the the key here is like, what does this mean for guys like Michael Porter Jr.? What's it mean for Brad Beal? Does it have any impact on a guy like Kyle Kuzma? Johnny Davis is the point guard right now in Washington, and and now they've got Monte Morris to back him up instead of Ish Smith. That seems like a wash to me. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot to it. If you really like go down the, the depth chart, you could kind of associate them with any of the guy and see who they affect. But at the end of the day, the Nugget, uh, excuse me, the Wizards got a point guard uh, beforehand. They were going to go with Ish Smith or, well, Neto. And they had Sadoransky who was starting, but he just signed a deal with Barcelona. So he was even as much out of the picture as you could get. Um, I Honestly, I really like the KCP to the Nuggets. Um, I think he's a better kind of 3 and D guy. Um, just very like the, just doing those two things only while a hopefully healthy Michael Porter Jr. does that, takes on that more uh, offensive responsibility there. So I'd, I'd say on paper, it's a win-win. Um, Ish Smith, if, if he does play, it'll be his, his 13th team, which is the most in history. So that not not so good for him, I, I would say. That's, that's almost half of them, but... Yeah, I mean, yeah, on paper, it's it, it looks good to me. It's nothing like groundbreaking, but uh, teams got their needs and it could help them. Brad, that's why I had you on the show today because only you could pull Ish Smith being on thirteen different teams. <laughs> um, that's incredible, really. There's only thirty teams in the league. He's two away from half. I know, I know. Like that I, I will give credit to. Uh, I got to give credit to Zach because I saw he tweeted that on Twitter and I I checked it. And I was like, man, he's he's right on the money as usual. So even 
even when Zach's not here, he's still getting getting stuff done. Yes, Noah, sir. any 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 additional thoughts on this? Yeah, I was going to add in that you know Denver gets a nice three and D guy and KCP fits well next to Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray, um, and then now with Ish Smith probably playing about eight minutes a game as like a third point guard, uh, probably no more Facundo Campazzo minutes, um, which for the most part, just weren't very good minutes for Denver. Uh, I think pretty consistently at a negative plus minus just wasn't, wasn't providing much impact uh, positively for Denver. So probably won't see any more minutes from him next season. Washington gets Barton to provide some bench scoring behind Bradley Beal. If Bradley Beal gets hurt again, uh, someone that can still score really well. And then Monte Morris, he could be backing up Johnny Davis. He could start at first over Johnny Davis. Obviously, Johnny Davis is more of the long-term guy, but it's definitely better than the options Brad mentioned. Yeah, I think Barton is going to start for Washington, probably small forward. I don't know that. I'm, I'm just thinking he's <laughs> probably what they're going to do. I think KCP, like you guys both said, good 3D guy. I think he's underrated player in this trade. I think he really could open things up in Denver and space the floor. And he, he's a really good shooter and a kind of a good glue guy in real life. And he's also probably going to be a glue guy in fantasy that you take at the end of your draft um, for the three and D stats. Uh, Composo is just praying his first, second, and third wish are to stay in the NBA this year. I don't think he's back in Denver. He's just hoping to get a training camp deal probably and, and stick with a team, you know, to be a, a third string point guard somewhere. I don't think it's going to be back in Denver the key to this whole thing is for Denver is can Michael Porter Jr. stay healthy and play alongside uh, Nikola Jokic and, and do his thing. And, you know, if Porter can stay healthy, they're not going to miss Will Barton a whole lot, especially bringing KCP in, but it is interesting. And I don't, I've lost a little bit of faith in hoping that Michael Porter Jr. can stay healthy every year. I get suckered in. Uh, I have a, a Michael Porter Jr. jersey that I wear from time to time. So I hope that happens, but I guess we'll just have to see. Let's move on to this big Kyrie Irving scoop. It's like this is the summer of Kyrie, right? Um, what is Kyrie Irving going to do? What's going to happen? He, he opted in to the Nets for $37 million. He's hunting for a max contract at some point down the line. Um, do you th- – what would it take for Kyrie not to play in Denver? Or, I mean, what would it take for Kyrie not to play in Brooklyn this year? Is there a chance? I mean, it, our blurb made it sound like he's locked and loaded and, and Brooklyn is all – the gang's all back together and there's nothing that can stop that train. Is there something that can stop that train, Noah? I think so. I think even after he opted in, there was reports that he's still looking for some sort of trade partner. Other teams are still interested. The La- or maybe just the Lakers are still interested, but uh, there's mutual interest between them. I think that there's still a chance that they work some sort of deal out. Obviously, it would be dependent on probably Russell Westbrook being in the trade and then the Nets getting compensated pretty well for taking that step down as far as who's going to start at point guard. I don't know how realistic that trade is. I think it's pretty likely that Kyrie actually suits up for Brooklyn this season. And then obviously the big question is how many games is he going to play? That is a big question. Brad, any thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, if I'm Kyrie, I'm thinking, look, we got swept in the first round of the playoffs without Ben Simmons. Yes. But 
how much is said Simmons like going to help our chances with a healthy me as in Kyrie, a healthy Katie, healthy Simmons. Like, is that a championship caliber team uh, after that trade that happened uh, middle uh, towards the end of last season? Like, I don't know that answer. I don't, I don't know, even know if he does. And of, of course it's the Lakers that still have interest. Um, they're probably trying to do all they can to get rid of Westbrook. But if I'm the Nets and if I'm Kyrie, like why even take that risk and take that very obvious step down, even if it's, even if the pieces work together and the, the trade or, and whatnot. So I, I agree with no, I think he's going to be a net. I think that means KD is going to stay as well. It's just the big question of how much Simmons is going to contribute and if they're going to, how far they'll really make it in an Eastern conference. That's getting increasingly more competitive. Yeah, I was kind of interested to see what would happen if Kyrie left and then Katie followed him and then Ben Simmons was left, you know, <laughs> holding the holding the, the keys to the car in Brooklyn by himself. That would have been that would have been uh, interesting, uh, interesting uh, sociological study. But it sounds like the game's going to get back together and everything's going to be OK. You know, we were talking about Russell Westbrook a minute ago. Let's talk about the Lakers for a second. So. As of right now, the Lakers still have LeBron and AD and Russ ready to go in year two after an incredibly disappointing year one. Uh, Brad, what do you see happening uh, for the Lakers this coming season? Uh, man, that's is, that is a loaded question, Steve. I, I, I really, I've, I've spun predictions every which way, and like I really think all, all of them could come to fruition. Like. It's just going to be a health thing, and I hate just always going back to that, but it, it really is true. I mean, Anthony Davis played 75 games in on the, when he was on the Pelicans in the years 2016 to 2018, 75 in each season, and his numbers were just insane, like, you, like unanimous overall number one pick in fantasy. And then he plays 56 in his final year with the Pelicans, and then he goes 62, 36, and 40 in his – Three with the Lakers, like he, he hasn't even played a full season's worth of games in his last two seasons, and it's just every time he falls to the floor, I just I'd have to say a prayer or something. It just seems like it's going to be this serious career altering altering injury, and like I I just don't trust that he can stay healthy. But the big if if he does, he's fantastic when he does play and is like gets in his groove. But so much so much time getting hurt. He, he has a hard time like getting back in the swing of things and getting that getting back up to speed. Conditioning's an issue, so I think it really depends on him. LeBron's going to be LeBron. He's going to miss games because he's old, and as he should, he's thirty-seven now. And Westbrook, I hope I hope he's somehow not a Laker by the time this this all settles. But that's wishful thinking. But Westbrook's just Westbrook at this point. Yeah, a few points. They don't call AD locker room and street clothes for nothing. I mean, if you can't rely on a guy you're going to take in the first round to play, I mean, he's going to miss a game a week. I mean, it's just the way it is, and, and that's tough. And I, that's going to make me shy away from that situation. Um, he, LeBron's LeBron. He's he's old, like you said. So, and, and to me, Westbrook should be coming off the bench and being you know, handling the ball and having the ball in his hands for that second unit. Noah, what, what you got for a Lakers outlook? Most of what I wrote down was about them staying healthy. So I'll add in, um, they're probably still looking to trade Russ. I, even though he opted in, I can't imagine that they stopped 
making phone calls to 29 other teams looking to offload Russell Westbrook. Um, I do like the coaching hire they made in Darvin Ham. Hopefully that can kind of turn things around. I know if I remember correctly, there was reports that uh, Frank Vogel and Russell Westbrook just did not get along at all. Um, two seasons ago, Westbrook was still Westbrook in Washington. So, you know, maybe, uh, maybe Russ can get closer to Russ and won't be quite as bad as he was this season. I think that if they don't have all of the health issues that they had this season and Russell Westbrook isn't, you know, just missing dunks and missing layups and just airballing threes that they can still be a play in team. Um, but obviously like the, both of LA teams uh, health is the number one question mark. Let's uh, skip down to Jalen Brunson because that's, that's been the big story the last couple of days. Looks like the Knicks are going to sign him for, $110 million over four years. Um, Noah, what do you have on, on the Jalen Brunson becoming a Nick, which I've been talking about that happening for like three or four months, it seems like, but I think there, there might be some, some other stuff going on there that makes it even more, more uh, reasonable. That's going to happen. And I, I mean, it, it really seems like it's pretty much in the bag. Like it's going to happen. Jalen Brunson's going to be a Nick why they're offloading all of these guys to just create cap space to silent Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson's a good player. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to discredit Jalen Brunson. I just, he's not a top five point guard in the league. And that's the kind of player that you get rid of all your veterans that are just soaking up cap space to be able to make room for him. I will, you know, last season without Luca in the lineup, uh, he averaged 20.4 points, seven and a half assists in 17 games. And then obviously was phenomenal in the playoffs he's a guy that deserves a big contract i don't know if it's that big of a contract and i don't know if the knicks should be again just clear clearing all this cap space just to get him but it does create a kind of intriguing lineup with three lefties uh with jalen brunson rj barrett and julius randall and then all, obviously all the other young guys that they have on the team the knicks you know they'll be okay like they'll be better than this season jalen brunson doesn't make them a top four seed in the east it's just very interesting. Brad, where are you targeting Jalen Brunson as a starting point guard for the Nick in a fantasy drafts next year? I'm, I'm thinking if he stayed in Dallas, I'm looking at him in like seventh or eighth round. Um, yeah. But as a starter for the Knicks, and we've never really seen him have a feature role, for, and, and especially like it's kind of like the George Gervin San Antonio Spurs situation from the 70s, like the only – really good player on a on a bad team like i may be taking jalen brunson in like round four yeah yeah he's he's gonna have the ball in his hands a ton um obviously the julius randall point guard experiment didn't work too well <laughs> last year um but i mean uh the numbers noah spit out that about around 20 points seven assists in those handful of games without luca if he can get to that twenty points, seven assists, and like maybe a steal and a couple threes, that that's like that's got to be easily a fourth round situation, if if not better. I don't I don't think I would ever take him before the fourth, no matter where he lands, just because there's got to be a point guard more that you trust a little more than a guy who's brand new on a team and a new potential leader on a team. But I'm totally fine anywhere round four or five if if he does end up on the Knicks, which I he should at this point. If he doesn't. At this point, I, I don't, I don't know what I'll do. It's just going to be Knicks fans rioting for 
the whole season, I think. <laughs> well, and it, it'll be interesting to see how much our crew and other, other crews that write about fantasy jump on the hype train for Jalen Brunson. Like he's a guy who could start off, you know, in our rankings, like take him in the fifth round. And then, you know, things happen and people start saying things about guys and I could see him being a, a guy that some people are reaching for in the third round. I don't think I would do it, but if he's looking really good in training camp and all the Knicks are saying all the right things and they love Jalen Brunson, I could see him being a guy that actually ends up getting overdrafted. Now what the Knicks did to make that happen is they got rid of Nerlens Noel and Alec Burke, sent them both to Detroit I think Detroit wants to play Nerlens Noel, and and they probably want to play Burke some too. Um, any thoughts about those two guys in Detroit? Uh, no, <laughs> I don't know. I don't. They could use them um, for a few minutes here and there. I don't see them soaking up a ton of minutes because they have so many young guys at this point that they probably want to get onto the floor. Um, maybe not enough for them to really have a ton of value in fantasy. Cause I mean, they'll at guard, they're going to be wanting to look at Cade Cunningham, Jaden Ivy, Killian Hayes as much as possible on the wing, Sadiq Bay. And then you have down low, probably Marvin Bagley back Isaiah Stewart and Jalen Duran. It doesn't leave a ton of room for them to soak up a ton of minutes. Um, Cause the Pistons, while they probably are going to try and win games, they don't seem to be, taking a full-on Portland OKC approach of just tanking, I just don't see them getting a ton of minutes or at least enough to make any sort of impact. Brad? Yeah, within uh, Woj's tweet that broke the news, or I guess a tweet a little bit later, he mentioned that Burks would be a mentor for the young guards in uh, Detroit, just like Noah said, which doesn't usually, a sentence like that doesn't generally lead to a clear path to fantasy minutes. It might take on more of a, a leadership role. So I'm pretty much out on Burks. Um, Noel has, he, I think he still has some shot blocking upside. We've seen it in recent years, but he, he can't stay healthy. He played 25 games last year, and I don't think he's going to start over someone like Isaiah Stewart. I, not that he had a great year, but I think they still have some faith in him. And I don't think they're just going to bring Noel into their starting group just because they it's, it's recency bias and they just got him. He's a new face in town. So I'm not overly excited, but if you totally miss on blocks at the end of your draft and like really want to find a high upside guy who could give you a few a week, then Noel could be worth something there, but maybe not much more. I think that I think that Isaiah Stewart, his upside and his future was looking bright before this because he was really the only guy they had in the middle. And you, like you mentioned, he did not have a great year last year. It didn't look like Detroit loved him. Um you know, some of us were saying, you know, he's just he's terrible. He's just not very good. He's not as good as we thought he was going to be. So I had some hope that this was going to be the year that we saw the Isaiah Stewart breakout. And it's still possible it happens. But I think having Noel there and if Noel's healthy and they decide to play him, you know, that's going to be that's going to be a sp minute split. I don't know. I, I think it hurts Beef Stew a little bit. I'm I'm still going to be leery to draft any of those. Pistons big man. I'm done with Marvin Bagley. I don't trust Beef Stew. Nerlens Noel played what 20 games last year or something. So there's still work to be done there, but I, I feel like the Pistons are going to have a ton of money free up after next season. Um, 
a ton of money. Kelly Olenek's going to come off the books. There's other guys coming off the books. And their foundation in the backcourt and their wings, like they're solid right there. If they can, you know, ramp up the big men, uh, they could be scary for a while, in my opinion. But let's talk about DeJounte Murray. I'm a little curious as to why the Knicks are going all in on Jalen Brunson and not trying to go after a proven triple-double machine like DeJounte Murray. Supposedly the Hawks are talking uh, to San Antonio about DeJounte Murray. John Collins is supposedly not involved in those talks. Brad, what do you, what do you make of, of this? Is DeJounte Murray on the move? Long answer short, no, I don't think so. Uh, long answer long. Uh, I mean, yeah, Collins was like, he's like probably the Hawk. He was probably the Hawks' most tradable guy and might still be. But like, you guys would probably know more on that, so I'll be quiet now. But like, why, why would the Spurs do that? I mean, they have a guy coming off such a such a strong year, and they're only paying him like seventeen million, sixteen and a half, seventeen million dollars uh, next season, which is a bargain for someone of that caliber. And they're going to have to really pay up for him once his contract's done after next season. So, if they want to find a t- time to trade him, I don't think now is it. A and B, I, d- I don't know why they're they would be at all eager to get rid of him. And then you have to question the fit with Trey Young, the hypothetical fit with Trey Young in the backcourt. I looked up some numbers on cleaning the glass, and Trey Young has played like somewhere in the nine thousands in the in minutes in his career, and he has not played one minute at anywhere other than point guard. And Dejounte Murray hasn't played a minute at anywhere other than point guard over the last three seasons, so. Something's got to give there if that happens. I mean, is Trey going to play off ball and be more of a two-man while DeJounte runs the offense? Like, Trey can run offense very, very, very well. So it's it's all interesting. I don't think it's going to happen, but you never you never know in this, in this – in today's league, you never know. No. Yeah, there's uh, a reported multiple teams interested, uh, along with the Hawks and DeJounte Murray, uh, the Knicks – the Celtics and Minnesota were all reported having interest as well. Um, but then, you know, it's also reported that the Spurs want four loosely protected firsts or three trade swaps and then two not very protected firsts as well. A lot for DeJounte Murray. I read that they are hesitant to want to pay him a max deal uh, when that time comes. So I kind of want to get out ahead of it. And it helps that there's a guy in this next draft class in Victor Wembanyama who is – one of the best prospects coming into an NBA draft ever, arguably at seven foot four. Um, there was also reports from Jake Fisher uh, that John Collins might be back in the trade. It's just kind of fluid at this point. There was also an anonymous East team that offered three firsts and a quote unquote desirable young player. Who really knows at this point? If the Hawks are going to trade Danil Gallinari and picks, then it has to happen before like. I think it's either 5 or 6 p.m. the night uh, when the when his contract will become guaranteed or they'll have to cut him. Um, so if the Hawks are going to do it for Gallo, it's going to have to happen before then. And then, Brad, as far as what you said about Trey Young and DeJounte Murray's fit, the, I think the Hawks really are just trying to find somebody that can be a secondary ball handler. Um, in that Miami series, they started full court denying Trey Young, and the Hawks just couldn't get anything going having DeJounte Murray would just open up the offense entirely. I would assume, you know, if Trey Young's able to, he will have the ball in his hands. 
Um, but being able to have a shooter like Trey Young being able to play off ball as well, I think that would open up a ton for the Hawks offense that's already one of the best in the leagues, best in the league. And then DeJounte Murray's defense is something that they desperately need. First of all, like, why are only four teams interested in DeJounte Murray? Like, <laughs> what a monster season he had last year. Right. He was amazing. Um, I would l- personally love to see him end up on the Hawks. I think you throw him and Trey out there together. And like, like Noah pointed out, when teams focused on shutting Trey down in the playoffs last year, he couldn't do anything. And and when he can't do anything, it seems like nobody else can either, unless what's his name, uh, the forward and uh, I can't. I just went blank on his name. The kid from Virginia, DeAndre Hunter. <laughs> unless DeAndre Hunter gets hot and scores twenty five points once in a blue moon, yeah, it's Trey Young against the world out there. So I think if you had Dejounte Murray you know, mostly running as a two guard, but also being able to, you know, spell, spell Trey and help clay or help Trey. That would be good. I think having those two together could be, it could work. I, I think that's why Travis Schlenk is looking at it uh, because it, it might work out. So I, I'd be kind of excited to see that. I, I love DeJounte Murray. And I, I, if he stays with the Spurs, he's going to go, he's got to go second or third round. I think you just said, so many near triple doubles and so many actual triple doubles last year that um, he's kind of become a fantasy monster. And speaking of fantasy monsters of yesteryear, anyway, the Clippers have now gotten a hold of John Wall. And this is probably more like your mom's or your dad's John Wall than it is our John Wall because he's old. He wasn't that great. We haven't seen him play literally in forever. $40 million buyout. He got paid $47 million last year for doing nothing. <laughs> is anyone excited that John Wall is a Clipper? Brad, I'll start with you. Um, just because the way John Wall plays, like that's reason enough to kind of to be excited. Uh, yes, he is old and he might not have that same kind of flash that he had a few years ago, but it, we have really no way of knowing he's played – I think it was like 113 games over the last five seasons or just some such such a low number like that. So, I mean, are we going to get the, the starter version of John Wall who's good enough to start over Reggie Jackson? I, I don't know. Um, it's There's a lot of moving pieces there. I mean, is Kawhi going to be healthy? We think so. He's going to have the ball in his hands a lot if he indeed is. Uh, so how much more time do Reggie and Paul George and John Wall uh, – how much more opportunity do they have to have the ball in their hands? I guess is my wonder um, from a fantasy standpoint, he has fancy friendly numbers. He has in the past, if you disregard the horrid field goal percentage, but uh, I don't know. I think there's just too many guys that will demand the ball on that team. And I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It's we'll, we'll see who they reveals the starters and then maybe I'll have a more concrete opinion. But as of now, it's too early to, to truly know would you draft john wall in a fantasy draft i don't think so i i want to on paper it sounds really fun but <laughs> i think i think i think it would do more harm <laughs> than good at the end of the day and you know, what do you what are you yeah. doing with john wall maybe maybe late 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 in the draft uh just because like what if it's, it's John Wall. He's, he's done it before. I mean, he's probably probably not as explosive as the John Wall we know. Uh, 
he's played 132 games over the past five seasons. So health probably won't be much of an issue at first, um, but will he be as explosive? How well will his body hold up considering he hasn't played much over the past five seasons? I think it was StatMuse tweeted out that last time we saw John Wall, he averaged 23 points and 11 assists. And it's like, that was 2017. I don't think that matters, but you know, the Clippers, it's, it's going to be health. It has been since PG and Kawhi arrived. If they're healthy, they're one of the most talented teams in the league. They're very deep. Ty Lue's a good coach. I think having, if John Wall can be 80% of John Wall and Paul George and Kawhi are healthy, they have enough shooters on that team. And Luke Kennard, uh, Norman Powell, even Robert Covington, and he's good defensively. It's a very intriguing team. I don't think John Wall's going to have the ball in his hands enough, like you said, to be much of a fantasy impact, but who knows? I think it's pretty interesting. I know know Clippers fans are kind of excited about it. You know, those names, John Wall, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, you've put those together, and that's intriguing, if nothing else. I'm sort of with Brad. I think if we get to – if I get to the end of my draft and I need a point guard, um, I could see me taking a flyer on John Wall. But even when he was playing all the time and and playing well at the – later part of his career he wasn't that great of, of a fantasy asset so i'm not holding my breath but it it will be very interesting and, and the whole thing is like probably the biggest question in fantasy basketball there's two of them how many games will anthony davis play and how many games will Ka- Kawhi leonard play i mean those are the two big ones and will we ever see ben simmons again we're going to take a quick break we'll be back in just a second Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet, go, to, go download it now. The contests are free and easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands by predicting what will happen in Major League Baseball, on the PGA Tour, and NASCAR circuit. We also have a special contest on Tuesday and Thursday called Battle of the Bets, where you can agree or disagree with our experts for a shot to collect some cash. All right, guys. Miles Turner is always coming up in trade talks for the Pacers. Suddenly, it sounds like maybe they're not looking to trade him right now. I think Malcolm Brogdon is, is as good as gone. I don't have him on the agenda because we talked about him Monday. We talk about him every podcast, it seems like. But what about Miles Turner? Is, is he staying in Indy 
uh, Noah? I don't think so. I think they are. I think I, when I blurbed this, I may have just said like, Hey, this is just them kind of bluffing and trade talks. They're trying to help themselves out a little bit, make it not so obvious that he's getting traded. I would be very, very surprised if he's not gone by the trade deadline. Maybe they, you know, play a little bit into the season and I don't think the Pacers are going to be very good this year. So once they start losing some games, maybe they're like, Hey, okay. Like now he's available. We are going to give it a go. Um, I'd be very shocked. I would also assume that they'd want to give minutes to Isaiah Jackson and a couple of the other young guys like Goga, Batadze that they have there. Um, if he's still there, but um, I can't imagine that Miles Turner stays on a team that's probably gonna be bad for the next few years. Right. Yeah, I mean, unless the Pacers think Miles Turner is like the center of their future, which I, I don't I don't think he they think that, but I, I don't know why uh, they wouldn't be shopping him. I know I think I think in Noah's blurb he just started with no, it doesn't make sense, which gave me a good <laughs> laugh. It, it 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 just doesn't. And he's he's had some suitors, but then Pacer GM said they're not shopping him. And another great point by Noah, like they have some really good young bigs like Isaiah Jackson was someone that our whole crew was excited about toward the last third or last fourth of last year. And he had some injury trouble, but when he played, he put up good, really good numbers and limited time also fouling issues, but all young bigs have that. I mean, there's, there's no harm in playing guys like him. Even Jalen Smith played a lot of four there and he had a really good uh, last third of the season. So it's bizarre. I don't think it's smart to keep Turner at this point, but Indiana will will Indiana, I guess. Oh, little Kings, little Kings shot, little tip of the hat to the Kings there. Indiana will Indiana. You know who else is really good when he plays is Miles Turner. All those threes, yeah. all those blocks. <laughs> like fantasy wise, he's kind of a kind of a bit of a underrated monster. Um, if he rebounded more, if he had a nose for the ball, if he had a higher motor. If he appeared to try harder, I think everybody would have a different opinion about Miles Turner than they do. I personally loved having him as, as one of my two centers um, that I started last year until until he got shut down. But, man, that's a lot of threes and a lot of blocks. In my opinion, kind of an underappreciated guy. Maybe he goes somewhere else with a chip on his shoulder and proves everybody wrong. I kind of hope he does. Always kind of been a, a Miles Turner guy, so – Maybe I'm biased. I'm from Indiana, of course. But, I mean, most people that I know who live in Indianapolis are like, get that guy out of here or we're done. So, I mean, it makes sense what y'all are saying. Miles Bridges, there's been talk. Um, Charlotte doesn't want to give him a max contract. The Pacers and the Pistons are both uh, rumored to be talking about him. We talked about this on Monday, but I thought it was worth bringing back up since Charlotte's not going to give him a max. And, Man, how good would he look on that Pistons team over Marvin Bagley? I think very, very good. I do think they're going to bring him back. Uh, Kupchak said yesterday he sounded pretty confident they will, but just in the hypothetical scenario that he does end in Detroit, that would would be Cade, Ivy, uh, Bridges, Kelly Olenek, no, I'm kidding, and uh, and, um, (laughs) Isaiah Stewart and whoever whoever else they throw in there. But that would be a a fun young team, but – he was so good. Bridges was so good last year that I, I don't know why. I think they might just be playing games or, or something, just testing the waters in the market before uh, tomorrow happens. But I really do think like 
like GM said, that they're going to hold on to him. But, yes, it would be quite a fun fit if he was a Piston. No. Yeah, same boat. I think uh, I also saw that Kupchak said they were going to keep him, but there was also reports they hadn't offered him a max. There was reports, I think, that Detroit didn't want to offer him a max. I think that for fantasy purposes, it'd be awesome to see him in either Indiana or Detroit. Uh, He's probably not going to have the ball in his hands a ton more than he did last season if he stays in Charlotte because Lamelo's just getting better. But I think that there's a chance he leads both Indiana or Detroit in scoring next season. Um, Now, two, three years down the road, I think they have enough young guys that probably won't happen. But for next season's purposes, I think he'll have the ball in his hand a ton um, in both Detroit and Indiana and would just kind of fill a need for both teams. Uh, But he'd just be a guy probably going to a not very good team just to get paid. So we'll see. uh, We'll see what he, what he does with that. Um. In the shot not heard around the world, Tari and Prince signed a two-year extension with Minnesota. Did did either of you even stop to read that blurb, or did you write that blurb? And were you mad that you had to write that blurb? I, I was. I didn't. I think I saw that a blurb was written, but I did <laughs> not read a word. Apologies to whoever wrote that blurb. Sorry, I didn't give you the time of day. Yeah. Uh... Same boat here, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, I mean, good for him, I guess. It's, I, I honestly, it's so sad. I, I already forgot what the deal was. It was like two sixteen or no, not even. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. But he played seventeen minutes a game last year. He was all right when uh, McDaniel's and or Vanderbilt weren't playing. But otherwise, I don't think there's any need to really worry about it in standard leagues, unless you're in a very deep league or something. But he can hit. Yeah. He can hit triples if he gets minutes. It's probably about all he's providing. <laughs> I, I don't even know why I put it on the list. It was a headline. <laughs> in the news. Uh, last thing, and then we'll, then we'll get out of here. Um, the Bulls want unrestricted free agent Zach Levine back. Um, I don't know if he's coming back to the Bulls. I don't know where he's going to end up. I may not have told you guys this one was coming, but we're going to do it anyway. So Zach Levine just. General thoughts from fantasy, like where 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 do you guys target Levine? Do you trust Levine? Do you like Zach Levine when you're drafting a fantasy team, Noah? I mean, I still I like him. I think there was reports saying that he uh, was basically first night of free agency going to re-sign with Chicago on a max deal. So as long as it's him and Demar Rosen in there trading shots, it's gonna. I mean, he had no problem. I don't remember if he finishes a top five scorer in the league, but at one point he was still provides plenty of points, triples, high volume guy. I like him. Um, I think that if he went to a team, hypothetically, I think San Antonio was rumored uh, early, early on in the process that he would just be able to shoot basically whenever he wants without another guy there to soak up a ton of shots that could maybe make him a little bit more of a fantasy asset, but I still think he's, a top fantasy as not like first round, but a premier fantasy asset uh, in Chicago. They love him. Yeah. I mean, I love Levine's game. Like he's got one of the smoothest games, just real life games out there. But for some reason, I don't have a good answer for this. Whenever he falls to me in drafts, I just, I still just don't take him. And I, I don't know why it's just, there's something about it that just doesn't sit right with me. And that's not to say it wouldn't be a good pick. I mean, fourth rounder last season, which is, uh, great. I think that's you can expect to take him anywhere 
probably start starting at third. I don't think he'll fall past the third, uh, being honest. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I I like his game. I'm never too aggressive on him, but I think he's gonna. I do think he's gonna stay. And the last report we have is uh, Bleacher Reports. Jake Fisher said he is unlikely to leave uh, as it stands. But that was also almost three weeks ago. I'm now seeing. So it's been it's been pretty quiet on the Levine front, which either means there's not much to say, or they're just going to totally do a 180 and just send him somewhere, and we will have no idea. But I think it'll be the former. Well, we're going to find out Thursday night probably uh, what's going to become of, of Zach Levine. And, you know, you mentioned the, the guy he played. Now, uh, me personally, I, I've drafted Zach Levine in the fourth round before. I think right now I've got little trust issues with his knee, I guess, and – if he's sitting there in the round five, I'm going to take him. I don't think I'm reaching for Zach in round four, but I might. But the guy he plays next to had one of the most incredible seasons. This is going to be the last topic. But um, DeMar DeRozan, like nobody drafted him where his value was last year. Nobody expected him to explode the way he exploded, especially playing on that team that had some other scores on it. Are you guys buying this new DeMar DeRozan theory where he scores 30 points a game and it is unstoppable or are you still looking at him as a guy who doesn't steal the ball and doesn't hit threes and isn't as good of a score as we saw last year like brad are you are you drafting are you drafting DeRozan this year or do you think he's going to be overvalued uh i really want to be a believer that he can do what he did last year and I still think it's a possibility, but I think there's going to be someone in whatever league I'm in that is a bigger believer. So I think it's just going to be a matter of letting someone else take him in the early third, anywhere in the third round, and just having to live with the consequences if he averages 30 and starts to hit two threes a game or something like that. But I I don't know. I, I, I like DeRozan. I, I want him to succeed, of course, but... 28 points a game for a guy his age that just was coming off a couple down seasons and still not a ton of steals, definitely not a ton of threes. Uh, I feel like there's got to be some more upside in that point of the draft. Uh, not that you're necessarily drafting for the highest ceiling at that point, but I'm, I think at the end of the day, someone else will end up taking him before I get a chance to. Yeah, I finished third round value, um, but I'm – as much as I would love to see DeMar DeRozan continue to play well, I don't think he does what he did last season again. Uh, he's just continuing to get older. He had that run of 30-point games or 35-point games on over 50% shooting, whatever ridiculous number it was. But outside of that, I feel like he wasn't quite at that level. And I think especially later in the season, his numbers kind of dipped a bit. And then obviously in the playoffs, it, it just didn't go well for them, uh, considering some of the high expectations they had. I think that part of the reason that they had to rely on him so much, they were just dealing with so many injuries and that helped elevate some of his numbers. Um, Lonzo Ball's finally seeing some progress in his knee after like four straight reports that it's just not getting better. So if the Bulls are healthy next season, I just think that DeMar is not going to get the same number of shots that he did this past season. I think he's going to, you know, they, they'll probably try and get Vooch a little bit more involved than they did uh, last season. They just didn't do a very good job of that. If he's still there, of course. Yeah, I, I'm, I wouldn't take him third round, probably fifth or sixth if he's there. But again, like Brad said, somebody else is probably going to snatch him up. It sounds like none of us are drafting DeMar DeRozan <laughs> this year because, like, 
somebody's going to take him in the third or fourth round, and it's probably not going to be any of us. It's probably not going to be Jonas. Probably not going to be Ryan. It's probably not going to be Rob. It's probably not going to be anybody, any of our crew anyway. So that's where we are in DeMar DeRozan. That's where we are on free agency. Everybody enjoy Thursday night. It's going to be fun. We'll have an all-hands-on-deck situation going on here. Make sure the blurbs are happening. I'll I'll probably try to take that 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. watch of the the Woj bombs. Make sure nothing slips by us in the middle of the night. Uh, Thanks to my grandson, Bren, who you hopefully barely heard through this. He did a really good job of staying quiet. He's like three months old, so that was a a big task. So good job, Bren. And thank you guys for being on, and uh, we'll see you next time on the Round Ball Stoop. That's good. Thank you, Steve. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.